0: Good morning. Welcome to the We Are Driven podcast where we discuss the pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. My name is Arun Kumar. I'm the driver, and I'm here today with my co-host, Dan LaRue. How
1: are you, Dan? Everything hurts. Everything. Mm, everything. Okay. So uh, w-
0: what specifically hurts?
1: Uh, oh, uh, everything from like the top hair on my head to my pinky toe. Why
0: do you think the top hair on your head hurts?
1: Uh, I I don't know. I, it's just, I got a headache probably because I'm dehydrated. But, you know, it is what it is. But good morning, listeners. Good morning, Arun. (laughs) Uh, I hope all of you are doing much better than me. Uh, This is, I I think,
0: this is a good start. This is strong. (laughs) We've already done two takes.
1: (laughs) and We're on top of it today. Yeah, so
0: so this is episode 32. And one of the pros of entrepreneurship is you can fuck around a little bit.
1: (laughs) This is is true. (laughs) Even when you have a packed full schedule... Where you're recording and then you got a meeting and then you've got a meeting. So- oh, that's fine. That's <laughs> yeah. that's every day. And then you that's, have to do your real job.
0: That's why I don't record every day, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I would, but I have a meeting sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a quick reminder, if you like what you hear here, us messing around for anywhere between 30 seconds and 30 minutes at the beginning of every podcast, and then hopefully delivering a little bit of value to your life. Share the podcast with your friends, your car club, your coworkers, your co founders, your gym buddies, anybody that you think would get some value out of this podcast and that you can connect with in the driven mindset. And if you really like what you hear here, we'd love for you to leave a review. And you know what's interesting is our biggest platform of traction is LinkedIn. Really? And. I attribute it. And so first of all, first of all, you were the only one for the first several episodes that mentioned that you had a LinkedIn at the end when we talk about social media contact handles. I was never mentioning it. Ah. And I think that was just you subconsciously hinting to me that we need to focus on LinkedIn.
1: No, it wasn't it was just the fact that it subconsciously. was subconsciously it was a, it was a social media account that i knew i had so i was listening <laughs> it. i'm
0: on everything you can find me on tumblr i think i still have one of those it's tumblr. got a bunch wow. of really artsy car photos on it that you now just are
1: brought me back to like middle school sixth grade yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh
0: that was a thing yeah, my, my first girlfriend was really into Tumblr. Uh-huh. She yep. had multiple Tumblrs. <laughs>
1: I think we need to be on, obviously, Pinterest and uh, Reddit now. You know, Well... I think just expand her in.
0: So you say that. We do have oh, a Pinterest. God. We do have a Pinterest. <laughs> it was only used for my personal vision board. And about a year and few months, you know, like April, I guess, 2022... I had hired an employee to work at my shop who saw my Instagram stories and my apparel about We Are Driven and started asking me about it. And it turns out that he had built a couple of brands in his past and we decided to work together on that. It didn't work out, different working styles and whatnot. Um, But he told me to, make a Pinterest, and then show him, I guess, a mood board, I think was the words we used, just to sort of understand the aesthetic that I was going for with the brand. Because at the time, and because we haven't made any new apparel designs in so long, this is still the case. When we talk about the pursuit of excellence, we're talking about like really crisp, top-notch, 100% stuff. We're talking about like really clean, these are just adjectives that come to mind when I, when I talk about the pursuit of excellence. Well-executed, sort of crisp. That's the best word I can think of is crisp. And our early apparel, if you go and look at it, the first couple of designs are crisp, but have an element of distress to them. The We Are Driven logo on those early shirts is distressed intentionally. And the last design I made was, well, actually the last last design I made was the American Flag We Are Driven shirt that there's only one or two in the world and I
1: own them all. (laughs) I was going to say, wait, wait a minute. You have an American flag?
0: Yes, there's an American Flag We Are Driven shirt or design.
1: Fuck Arun, I want that.
0: <laughs>
1: All right, guess I gotta make it now. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> I was like, did he just misspeak? Like, did he mean checkered flag or did no, he no, just no. say American, American flag? Man. The last design I ever made. Man, I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> well,
0: I'll I'll send you one off of a off a of printful. It won't last very long, but it will be a, a present. <laughs> That's the, I mean, so look. Anyways, the point being. I made this mood board and it was all very crisp, clean, well-organized, sharp edges kind of stuff. And then you look at the shirt designs that I made and like the Go design, that green flag is torn up. It's super torn up, the Go green flag.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. And
0: and the We Are Driven font, the, the basic font that we have used for pretty much everything We Are Driven, super distressed. Now, I had fortunately some brand consultants that are also graphic designers actually make a font for We Are Driven, and uh, that will be employed by the future of We Are Driven as it continues to expand. We have a font; you wouldn't know it.
1: But yeah, I, I can't can't wait to see it. it a in version,
0: action. a very in action, <laughs> <laughs> a very similar version of it is already in our our podcast cover. Yeah. So that's a that is an Adobe you know off the shelf font but we didn't make too many changes to it in order to make one that's unique and actually, you know, trademarkable and all that. So.
1: Yeah, I think I remember you sending me some of those files when you're going through the the remaking of some of those logos.
0: Yeah. So that's to come. Anyways, this is the kind of conversations that come up a lot in entrepreneurship. You see what I did there? Oh, good segue. And We Are Driven is one of my businesses. It is definitely the smallest, (laughs) both in terms of finances and number of people involved. I would say number of people really impacted by the driven mindset, the messages that we put out on social media, that's in the tens of thousands just from organic reach on social media and how some of our videos have performed over time. But as far as people really involved in the ecosystem and getting the, the bigger dose of we are driven, it's still the smallest number. And as you just heard, you know, that was about a a one year period of we are driven's focus on apparel At a time when we were also trying to build compounds, I was trying to lease a 23,000 square foot building that was actually the former headquarters of good guys to build that compound. And we were going to put car storage and a shop and office space and a gym and everything all into this very, very big facility. And I had a couple of partners on board and it was going to be Something quite exciting, but I was unable to raise the $2 million that I was trying to raise in order to get that off the ground. And in retrospect, that's a very large amount of money to entrust someone who has very little experience managing a seven-figure project like that with my own money in the bank account before And so despite being able to pitch a very large number of investors, that never really panned out to anything more than it sounds like a great idea. I think you should tweak these few things and no, I'm not going to write you a check. And so I concluded after a few months of pushing for that, that if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it with my own money because I don't want outside influence on the message or the product and in order to do that, it should be with my own money and I'm not answering to investors. But to get back to the point, that is part of what happens in entrepreneurship is you have to take a very, very strong conviction to what you're doing in order to be successful with it. And so I was pushing 100% towards that goal about a year ago, actually. I think it was June seventh or eighth. And we're recording this on the eighth. I'll say how convenient. Last year that I crashed the M4. I think. Something like that.
1: I don't remember you telling me that. Maybe you did.
0: That I crashed the M4?
1: Yeah, I don't I don't remember that. No. Yeah, I crashed the M4. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh Yeah, that was, that was, uh, we were shooting a promo video and I sent it too hard. Oops. Oopsies.
1: (laughs) That's, uh, that's all we need to say about that for now. It wasn't at one of those crazy San Francisco takeovers, right?
0: The guy who was coaching me through the driving has participated in those, but I Ah. was, I was not taking over any public roads. This was legitimately on a sort of dead end, you know, no public use closed road Ah. there did happen to be another vehicle on it that was unoccupied that
1: i ran into oops it was a bus oh man (laughs) yeah i don't think you ever told me that story i slid into a bus
0: backwards and basically t-boned the m4 with the back of a bus and the bus looked Exactly the same. Yeah, I bet it did. (laughs) And the M4 needed $29,000 in repairs. And then I sold it for (laughs) $26,000. Ouch. (laughs) Yep. So maybe we could talk about that, actually. Let's talk about that today. So anyways, today we're talking about the pros and cons of entrepreneurship. And if you listened last week, you would have heard us discuss the pros and cons of a job and how a job gives you limited liability. You go in, generally speaking, with a pretty clear directive as to what your job responsibilities are, what you should be doing day to day. You have a fairly clear picture of what it's going to take for you to progress in your career and go up the ladder, which is generally what people want. And ultimately you can actually make a similar amount of money, especially when you look at averages in a job as you would as an entrepreneur. And frankly, you probably make more in a job if you look at averages because of how much money you can lose in entrepreneurship. Now on the con side, you don't have as much control over what you do. You have a boss that might just tell you, you know, don't focus on that. We need to focus on this. This is what the company wants to do and what you individually want to do does not matter as much. You may not actually have any control over your income, so you're at the whim of when people decide to give you raises. And you may have a problem of fixed hours or fixed responsibilities where you really don't have any flexibility to change your shift or anything like that. And that's not all jobs are like that. Some of them are great. And we talked a lot about relative size of companies and all of those sort of benefits and and potential downsides. and. If you want to hear the full detailed conversation, you can go back and check out last week's episode 30. And so today we're finishing up that conversation talking about the pros and cons of entrepreneurship because entrepreneurship is this super glorified thing. And we have both of us have both perspectives. Both of us have worked in jobs, both of us have had our own companies, both of us have been in business owner positions and equity appreciation of positions within Mm -hmm. companies where where we can feel like we have ownership in a company. And so between us, we've got a pretty good wealth of experience in this area to really talk about all of the different perspectives that are sort of valuable to think about when you are considering, you know, for most people, it's whether or not to go out on your own. And actually, so I mean, if you're, if you want to talk about this, did you, you know, you did go out on your own in a way with the technology company. Yes. Mm-hmm. The e-commerce company, but yep. it was
1: an arm of your employer. Uh, yeah, in a way. Yeah, it's, it was like, it's
0: complicated, but
1: yeah, well, really, well, my employer now it was just another business that he had wanted to start that wasn't a conflict of interest of sure what he was doing with with chrome enhancements at the time and and wasn't going to ruffle feathers with with uh, the corporate parent so that that was just another you know avenue for him it was you know a sales tool that was really kind of designed for his sales reps at the time you know to help sell so in a way it wasn't wasn't a conflict. It was actually a good thing for sure. his for his first business. It was
0: an augmentation, pretty much. Yeah. It, so, have you ever considered just straight up? You know, I have this idea. I want to execute on it. I have no help, no partners. I just want to try this. Have you ever? Have you ever had those kind of thoughts?
1: Um. Yeah. 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 Like, like, just like overall, starting a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 My my wife and I. Had, talked about it often about starting a bubble tea shop in west omaha oh that's right (laughs) yeah uh, i've talked about it a couple times and and funny enough we are certain ones opening now and i was like man i knew it i knew this was the market for it (laughs) there's no news on it yet but we're we're fairly certain ones ones coming right down the street from us so
0: so out here in you know Bay Area, California, that is, I don't know what percentage, but it's a, definitely a majority. Immigrants and people not mostly from Asia, India, China, other Asian countries, bubble teas at every single corner. Yeah. Um, but it is all, it, not always, but most of the time it's super authentic. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the menu is not in English the sign on the building is not in English. I mean, yeah, like that is the world that I live in out here. Or
1: if it, or if it is, it's very broken and not organized the way a normal, like typical, like American restaurant or business name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, But it's good, generally speaking. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so
1: do you, I mean, I, do you know who the owners potentially of this one could be? Oh no, I, I don't. I, uh, we were just driving by it last weekend, going to okay. the wedding, and and Heather was like, "Oh my god, what is this tea place?" They, like, <laughs> I, and I didn't even catch the name of it at first, but I, I know where it's at, and I just haven't driven by since. <laughs> okay,
0: <So. laughs> well, you'll have to keep us updated on that. Yeah,
1: yeah, because I'm like, man, if this ends up being what we think it is, I'm <laughs> be so mad at myself. That's why you gotta you gotta act on it. Yeah. But it's a
0: big market if you're if you're looking at it from an abundance mindset. There's there's enough room for everybody to start liking bubble tea in West Omaha where let's They be honest, love it
1: in Omaha, period. It's just all on the east side.
0: <laughs> well, then yeah, you're you're providing more convenience to a somewhat densely populated area that will appreciate it if growing you go through area. It. That
1: too. Gro- growing
0: area. All right. Okay, so let's let's get into our bullet pointed pros here. So so first of all, The biggest pro of entrepreneurship that I recognized for when I went into business for myself was that I wanted to control my income. And this looked like really two different things for me. I, when I first started my career after college, would go to work and then go home and not do anything at home and i think this is pretty common for most people you go to work and especially if you're you know single or you're in a not very committed relationship you're going to work you're working for you know depending on the culture and the type of company and whatever it is you're working somewhere between 8 and you know 15 let's call it 15 16 hours a day and then you go home and unless you're on the really really high end of that spectrum you've got extra free time so what are you doing with it? Um, when I first started my career, I would work from, like I've said before, like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. I'd go home. I would eat dinner while watching YouTube videos. I would keep watching YouTube videos for another hour, and then I'd go to bed. And that was pretty much it. Maybe I'd pull out my work laptop again. Yeah, I don't know I'm, what your experience was like. I'm
1: guilty <laughs> as charged. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's
0: you know, two, three hours at the end of the day where there's just not much going on. And maybe you go out with some friends or you're talking on the phone with somebody or whatever it is. You're basically sitting there not doing anything productive. And then thinking about, in my case, the fact that I was living in San Francisco. I was spending 25% of my paycheck on rent. I was spending 30% of my paycheck on my car. I was spending 25% or a little more on taxes and then I was putting the rest away. So that left me <laughs> with a pretty slim, you know, financial situation. And at that time, I bought or I was leasing this infinity q50 and started modifying it and was paying 300 a month for parking and 450 dollars a month for insurance and i needed to slim down my consumption in other areas and so i was eating roasted potatoes and a pound of chicken breast for lunch every day and then going home and eating uh sausages from trader joe's with eggs and oatmeal and that was oh, my whole my whole diet was just i had i would spend like Thirty-four dollars a week at Trader Joe's, and that was my life. <laughs> it's not bad, though. It was very efficient price-wise. Yeah, price wise, eh, that ain't yeah. Bad. yeah. So I wanted to control my income because at that time I was not controlling my income at all, clearly, and so I I decided to start at that time my career coaching business when I, in in twenty seventeen. And so I made a PowerPoint and I went back to my college and said, hey, I want to help in the same way that I had done before. I want to help students that are nearing graduation who are anxious about finding a job after graduation that they really care about. I want to help them to define their dream career and then obtain it through networking. And I never made it into any sort of paid work, but I did podcasts and webinars with multiple colleges around the country. And I started selling resume reviews and uh, general career coaching where I would really handhold people through that process and get jobs. And so I helped somebody move from executive assistant in a uh, crypto company to becoming an associate consultant at a sort of insurance consulting firm. She was quite quantitative and good with logistics and that was a good fit for her. And I helped people get out of big four accounting. That was a big one because as I progressed through this, I kept offering these services as I left big four and navigated my way through it. And so I had a lot of experience getting different opportunities in big four and leaving ultimately and was helping people with that process and helping them explain all of the different benefits that their career path had taken them on. And I started being able to control my own income. And I think you've talked about that same benefit in things you've done where you had ownership or similar opportunities. And you you felt that connection between the effort that you were putting in and a reward.
1: Oh, yeah. Like nothing's better than... Uh putting that effort in and then getting a and l at the end of the month and seeing where you did really well with, you know, product costs being down and sales being up mm-hmm. and like it, there's from, from there, you, you, know, and we'll get into this with the cons too. You can really control <laughs> like how much you're able to pay people, pay yourself, yep. you know, you, like you have so much control on, on what you can draw from the business at that point. You know, if you find yourself doing a really good job.
0: Yep yep and so then just to i'll take that straight into the next one you have a lot of control over business decisions and there are some things that the law prevents you from doing and there's Mm -hmm. some things that your employees would prevent you from doing because ultimately you're never truly you know free spirit in this in the business world if you want to be really successful at a big level you're going to have employees and that your employees have rights and needs and opinions and they're going to exert all of that on you such that you cannot literally do anything you want but generally speaking if you're in business for yourself and you want to make a certain policy that you you know you hate closed-toed shoes and you want everybody to wear flip-flops to work then you can do that (laughs) whatever it is you know that might be some sort of violation of free
1: expression or wait wait a minute you're telling me i have to follow osha laws well, if you're not
0: in an OSHA type environment where you need close yeah, touch <laughs> OSHA,
1: I'm totally kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they are expensive when you violate OSHA laws. Yeah, they are oh, so expensive. Well, yeah, we will, so we'll so get into that in a second here. And then the only other point on complete control is if you have a partner, you're working with that partner. and then in some dynamics, you may find you have less control than if you are working in a job
1: yeah that? <laughs> yeah in in out of the few uh, ownership contracts I've signed over the years, um, the number one thing that was said to me uh, was always know who you're getting into business with mm-hmm. uh, whether it's one person or it's ten because uh, you may not like some of them. And they're going to have differing opinions. And uh, the more you know about that person, the better, you know, to help you Mm -hmm. get through those processes and and help you have a little bit of control over the business. Yeah. And that was everything that you just said
0: I violated. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. And that, that was part of why the the first shop I owned did not work out at all. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And then, the last thing is kind of in the same vein here is, yeah, you have complete control over your business decisions and all these little policies or what customers you want to work with or, or what your prices are set at or whatever it is. On top of that, you can work on exactly what you want. So if you're right now, let's say you are an accounts receivable clerk or something and you spend your days calling customers and trying to get money from them. You may like that job. some people are are have really good relationships with their customers and they enjoy just talking on the phone all day with their customers and getting to know them and getting some money from them and generally being effective in collecting accounts receivable. yeah the, but then you the, have, la-
1: the lady across the hall from me that's she's, job. A she's she's a bulldog she's so good at it <laughs> <laughs> Should hire her <laughs> oh yeah she oh man she she'll change your accounts receivables department quickly. <laughs> Good endorsement there. Yeah, she she's great.
0: So you you're doing that right now, but let's say you're not Dan's coworker and <laughs> and you are are, you know, kind of struggling in that job. Maybe you've got customers walking all over you, maybe your boss is breathing down your neck, and when you go home at night, you really really like sewing. I don't know. Let me come up with a better example than that. You're so making like, like you're it. making greeting cards at home, Ooh, which is okay. something my mom my mom does this. And you instead become the next hallmark and have a giant conglomerate. <laughs> or not. But basically you're you're working on exactly what you want because you enjoy that. And you enjoy maybe you write the little message on the inside of all of them and and you like the little, you know, funny remarks paired with the funny picture on the front for the old age birthday cards or you're good at writing the condolences for you know bad events happening whatever it is you're you're working on something that that excites you and that you enjoy doing and that you care about and that was something that i taught a lot in that career coaching world was you do something that you care about you you should like the content of the work that you're doing so, for example, like I really liked doing accounting, which is rare, I know, when I worked at my big four accounting job, but I did not care about the outcome of my work. For however much I wanted to fight about accounting conclusions on really complicated transactions, I did not care about that number on page 87 of the financial statements. And nobody else did either. <laughs> and so, yeah, that, that was always a struggle. And when I left, I was able to do. I've been able to do accounting for so and financial analysis, especially for so many different types of automotive enthusiast businesses. And so, rather than saying, "Oh, this tech company is trying to buy a mil- billion dollars worth of shares back off of NASDAQ," and They are doing it in a way that triggers a certain accounting thing happening. Or I can go make financial analysis on whether or not this shop should buy a tire machine. Or I could help forecast for another shop so they could get an investor to come in and they can expand their distribution business. And start a dealership. And those are all things that I really love doing and that I'm really excited to see when those companies succeed
1: yeah that's that's why i feel so blessed and fortunate to be in the automotive automotive industry just because it's one it's my passion and two even if i didn't have um like a direct line to ownership at certain periods of my career thus far i've always been treated as if i were and Mm. i could could work on something i i wanted to do like for example when uh when the s550 mustang gt350s came out right (laughs) um we i would constantly see um like take off base wheels come into stock and warehouses like they were being remanufactured repainted and i was like man i could pull some of these in for cheap and sell them for a lot of money Hmm. and and i did that for like six to ten sets and hmm. and made some extra cash for myself. And it was something I wanted to do. I had connections on the Mustang forums and they're they're easy to obtain, easy to ship, and there were no complaints. Uh like people were happy. Like, man, I just got a set cheaper than what I'd buy online. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm making money hand over fist, you know, right. <laughs> Just making some extra cash to go on vacation or something. Um, but yeah, it was something that I wanted to do, something I was passionate about, and it was something I knew a lot about at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of that makes for a really good job, career, business opportunity.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I probably could have turned that into an extra like branch of a company just selling OEM performance wheels to, to guys that had like normal GTs or selling a ZL1 wheel to a guy that just has a, a 2SS. And actually, so on that
0: point, I know... A lot of people that are big on so like a chevy for example chevy trucks you've got ltzs and high countries that have oh, yeah. different different wheels than the LTs and the ls's mm-hmm. and that's
1: a common upgrade uh yeah the snowflake wheels were, mm-hmm. were yeah huge yep. Yep. Uh, i mean my my business now we we constantly get requests for uh denali grill replacement upgrades <laughs> all, all the time it, dude, and they're so expensive Really? Yeah, but okay. people are willing to do it. Well, because you know, Chevy only make or GMC only makes Chrome ones, right? Um, we have the ability to offer black too. And uh oh black
0: Denali style.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. and, and hate- man, they cost us a lot, but like it's so much cheaper than going through the dealership now. Hmm. Like, getting one from GM is like a few grand.
0: Yeah. I think so. I never knew. This really, and so I read the, I read Lee Iacocca's biography. He was the Mm -hmm. CEO of Chrysler, which is Dodge, Plymouth, Chrysler,
1: maybe a couple other, Fiat. Ford, he was in in with Ford for a while. He
0: was, he started at Ford, yeah. Yeah. And he talked a lot about what GM was doing during that time because they were the biggest competitor. Ford was kind of off to the side, but not as much of a competitor for him. He talked about the fact that GM started GMC during his career. Mm -hmm. And GMC was this really confusing make to a lot of people because all of the vehicles that they sell look exactly like a Chevy.
1: Yeah, they still are to this day.
0: They still are. But I noticed that they are still adopting the same strategy that Iacocca mentions in that book today. And that strategy is that GMCs are packaged as a more luxurious brand than Chevy. Yep. Because you can't buy a GMC work truck. You Well, I shouldn't say can't. It's less common to buy a GMC work truck yeah. than it is to buy a Denali.
1: Well, yeah, because I think the SLE is the lowest trim line for them. Uh, is still going to be more packaged than a Silverado WT. Oh, the WT! I forgot about that. One. Yeah. <laughs> not uh, not even the LT or LS. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. but yeah. So the, to to that point, uh, GMC in right next to, or not right next to anything near where I live. Basically, there is a GMC Buick Cadillac dealership mm-hmm. next to the Chevy dealership. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not the GMC Chevy dealership, even though they're way more interchangeable.
1: Yeah, it's usually GMC Buick.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Typically. So I think that's they're still doing it basically is the point. Anyways, we're way off topic. <laughs> so, so those are the pros of entrepreneurship. You control your income, you have control over business decisions, and you can work on exactly what you want. So, whatever your job is, whatever your skill set is, you can choose to adopt a type of business that is something that is exciting to you. Now, Everything that I just said is what I recommend that people try to fulfill as far as criteria for your business, as opposed to just saying, I want to make more money. I'm going to do this thing that everybody's telling me will make money. Uh, So Shopify or Amazon stores or real estate or flipping cars on the side, flipping furniture, you know, all those kind of things that people may or may not really like, you know, those are the things just don't even start. Like I'm, I'm,
1: yeah, can, you will, you will quit fast and you will lose money fast. Yeah.
0: Well, so to that point I flipped furniture for a month. Okay. I made 20
1: bucks. Like, Like you picked them up and turned them over.
0: <laughs> I picked them up, turned them over in quality and then sold them for more money. Ah, <laughs> but I have a desk outside <laughs> <laughs> that I could not sell, and it is a uh, 24 inches tall, which what? is very short. <laughs> yeah,
1: I want to see you sit at it. <laughs> it. It'd be hilarious. Yeah,
0: it's like in it's next to my yard. It's not a good look.
1: Yeah, I want to see you sit at it. Yeah. I think you'd make a good like album cover or something for my fire mixtape. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Anyways, pros. We've talked about the pros. Let's talk about the cons. And this is is all going to be reminiscent of the episode we did on the realities of starting a business. But we're going to try to hit a few more things with this one. So number one, you have to do it all. Especially if you have no money, you have to do it all. And what I mean by that is you want a website and you have no money. You're either finding a friend who's very generous or, or you're making a website for yourself. You, uh, you need to do product testing in order to come up with your first product to sell to the public. You're doing it yourself, even if you have never been an engineer of any kind in your entire life. You want to do paid advertising on social media? You're doing it yourself because you can't afford the $2,500 a month for a marketing agency, plus paid ads. Whatever it is. You're doing it yourself. You want to do your invoicing. You want to do your project management. You want to do your accounting. You want to do your taxes. What am I missing here? Can you think of anything else I should add to this oh, list?
1: Yeah. yeah, it's marketing, engineering, sales, uh, taxes, accounting, mm-hmm. uh, HR, HR uh, receivables, payables. Uh, yeah. Like it... it, it Think of inventory. Any major, <laughs> yeah, inventory, think of any major department, any giant corporation would have and you are them.
0: Yep. Yep. You know, they say you wear many hats.
1: Yeah, this is okay. what they mean. Yeah, you, you become a, you become a jack of all trades, master of none very quickly. Mm-hmm.
0: And so what you
1: realize when you go
0: through this process is what I realized anyways, is there's a lot of times where you go, oh, I don't want to do that but you have to. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of times that look like that. And it's interesting to think about because the alternative is you fail. Like if you don't want to chase down that customer for money, nobody else is going to do it for you. Nope. You have to do it. And this is (laughs) the podcast I recorded this morning is nobody's coming to save you. This goes in the exact same category. Nobody's coming to save you. You don't have a boss that's going to bail you out at the end of the day. It's all on your shoulders. And that flies next that flies nicely into the next one, which is you have unlimited liability. Now I can get into some legal stuff here for a second because I think people talk about this a lot. Do you want a corporation? Do you want an LLC? Do you want a sole proprietorship? Do you want I don't know do, what's an S-corp? you if even if you are an LLC people can sue you around an LLC. It's not perfect. If we looked at what happened to, I'm forgetting his name, Ian Smith, the gym owner in New Jersey that ended up running for Congress. He uh, did not keep his doors closed at the beginning of the pandemic. And he had zero confirmed cases of COVID caused by his gym. No masks was open from May, 2020. The government tried to shut him down. They took all his money They sued him outside of his LLC, but for business activities, basically, end of the day, your LLC is not going to protect you. You're a personal guarantor on your LLC. It does help. And I do advocate people get it because it comes with a lot of other benefits and it can insulate you legally. But at the end of the day, you have unlimited liability. Especially when you're new in your company and you're doing everything, nobody is coming to save you. And if you fuck up for 10 grand and you have four grand in the bank, the person who you owe 10 grand to is still going to want 10 grand. Yep. So that's a con. Keep that in mind. And I had this happen where I was filing sales taxes for a shop and they were not being particularly honest with. The state, they did not want to transition to being honest when I took over. So we agreed that what I would do would reconcile to their bank account, reconcile to the state, reconcile to the PL, and And it was on their shoulders if the state said, hey, this isn't enough. And they got caught.
1: Yeah. That, <laughs> and that's what I was... I was thinking in my head and I was going to bring up was typically that trouble is often centered around taxes. Yeah. At least from what I hear about And like when I started, you know, doing some business stuff that, that was always my first question was taxes. Mm-hmm. Like, like, how's this going to affect me? What do I need to do? Is it quarterly yearly? <laughs>
0: yeah. I so would it's tell good.
1: everyone quarterly and put away 30%. It's good to it's good to have uh, an accountant
0: come on board with you early. Yeah, that's for sure. What I'll say about Which, that, yeah.
1: Which in, in previous ventures we we have done immediately. <laughs>
0: yeah, and and so what ended up happening with that company is I said no, I do not owe you thirty six thousand dollars. But that that was it. You know, I didn't I didn't have any other protection besides that. It's not like I'm an employee of a company that can help me get out of it that has a legal team that's going to defend me as an employee that's the thing when you have a business and you hire people and they fuck up it's on you
1: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) so yeah unlimited liability is definitely a con of being an entrepreneur you start off making no money at all Presumably, you're going into business for yourself in this situation. Maybe there's a situation where you're coming in as a co-founder in a company that's already making some money, but you're coming in as an owner. Generally speaking, your budget's $0, your salary is $0, and you're clawing your way up. And maybe you have some investment to start with, but that doesn't equal revenue. You can just burn all that away. And I've watched people do that too. Half a million dollars, just gone without anything to show for it. Yep, been there, done that. <laughs> and so case in point, the M4 we just talked about, that business, it was a track car rental. I ran it for basically six months between opening the doors and crashing the car. And in those six months, I lost $75,000 after revenue.
1: Yep, that, that's ouchies. That's fun.
0: Yeah. And, and yeah, I started off making $0, although I had 50 grand in the bank to go buy the car, start doing the marketing, build the website, get some t-shirts, modify the hell out of the car, like 15 grand in modifications to start selling $3,500 track rental packages. It could have worked had it been my full-time job but because it was not i was not able to dedicate the time the holding cost was too high i pulled the plug on it and crashed the car (laughs) (laughs) your your life onto the next one here your life looks non-traditional and what this means is you're not waking up going to work and coming home that may be the case for you eventually but more likely than not you're waking up you're checking your phone. You're working. You're getting up. You're eating breakfast. You might be working during breakfast. You're going to work. You're taking a call while you're on the way to work. Then you get to work and you are shooting the shit with your employees for an hour and it doesn't feel like work. Then you go back into your office and you got a bunch more emails. You are working again. You go out. You have some management stuff to handle. You have some customers to take care of. You're working. You've got the whole day of work, 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 and you get 10 minutes for lunch and you can't go hang out with your buddies at, at, at lunch, you're getting in the car and running an errand in the middle of the day because you have the flexibility to do that. And you're, you're going and getting a haircut with all the retirees that are out in the middle of the day. You're what else? What are are some other things (laughs) that happen in this
1: lifestyle I mean, what happened to me on Tuesday, I get home after a workout and I eat dinner and eight o'clock rolls around and I finally sit down on the couch and guess what comes? A text followed by a phone call. Mm-hmm. And then you're on the phone for 30 minutes to an hour, you know, trying to discuss something with, you know, a, a an employee or a co-owner trying to, you know, figure something out in your systems that, it, mm-hmm. you know, is better off doing after hours than during.
0: Correct. Yep. Uh,
1: There are so many little things and and like Arun was saying, like my first thing when I get up in the morning is what are, what's in my email box that needs to be addressed as soon as I get in.
0: (laughs) And for me, it's, you know, I will send emails at four in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like doing that. I prefer to read them and, and do what you're saying, but sometimes it needs, it's a quick, you know, phone response that I can just do. Type out an email on my phone really easily,
1: but yeah, and, and then like there, you know, I, every other Thursday I'm up early on a meeting for mm-hmm. for uh, product development and strategy. Monday mornings I'm usually driving to work and on a management call at the same time. Uh, so yeah, what Arun is saying is 100 percent true. It, it's not traditional. Your nine to five is not real. Uh, it's yeah. often earlier and it's often later.
0: You can't you can't leave work. You can't ever leave your business that's the thing it's part of you
1: unless you like are lucky enough to someday go out of the country where you can turn everything off
0: then it's in your mind yeah that's in your
1: your mind and and yeah the last time i went out of the country and turned my phone off because i didn't have service it was uh it was definitely in the back of my mind of what am i missing what is getting messed up what am i what forest fire am i going to have to put out when i get back
0: yeah Yeah. And it, it'll happen sometimes like that. I was in, I, I fired someone from Mexico. Oh
1: man, that's wild.
0: Yeah. I was on the beach in Mexico and said, we're not working together anymore.
1: That's crazy. (laughs) I don't know if I could do that, but that would be wild.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily necessarily the right way to do it, (laughs) but that is what happened. And, and so to this point, you know, it's a con, but it can also be a pro that your life is non-traditional and it can be flexible. And that is, you know, part of what I'm dealing with right now, where my wife's not working, we're going through this, uh, you know, sort of grieving and health recovery process from, you know, losing our baby emergency C-section. It is, it is very, very, very nice that I can work from home. I can, I, you know, I canceled trips. People were totally understanding and I'm I'm able to take off two hours in the middle of the day just to be with her. And, and that's very nice to be able to do that. And had I, had I had a normal job, I would not feel like I could do that. And like we have come to see with her work, they wanted to give her 10 days of bereavement leave and that's it. And then we fought for, no, she also like delivered a child, you know, she's still has medical stuff going on. We want more time. And they, they were able to accommodate that and have a policy in place to do that. Um, but you know, in my situation, as somebody who did not go through a medical procedure, I, after 10 days would be back to work and not have any way around that, whereas now I'm able to say, yes, you know, we want to take a trip. At the end of the month, when she's up for it, we're, we're doing what we can during the day to keep her healthy. I have plenty of time to do all of that. And I would not if I had a job. So I'm very grateful for that. So your life can look non-traditional in a couple of different ways is the point. Oh, there. yeah. <laughs> now, the last point here, this goes back exactly to where we were last week where one of the biggest, biggest benefits that I see to having a job is that you show up on day one and you have job responsibilities and you know what to do. And if you have open communication with your boss, you can understand what it's going to take for you to get promoted and move up in your career. Now, that's huge. To be able to have that level of direction and clarity can make you go really, really far if you just execute on what you're told to execute on. Now the alternative in entrepreneurship, and this was my case is that, you know, I quit my job and COVID happened at the same time, basically. And so I had a lot of free time all of a sudden and I didn't know what to do with all of it, you know? And they say entrepreneurship is this big hustle grind and you gotta work 16 hours a day. (laughs) But if you did it like I did and you did not have like a proven sales and marketing process, right away, and you're just kind of throwing stuff against the wall. That's the thing you're supposed to be doing a lot of in your early, early business days is all like 100% sales and marketing just to start bringing money in. But if you don't know what the hell you're doing in sales and marketing, which was my case, I remade my website six times in the first six months.
1: And that wasn't very helpful. (laughs) I I mean, I'm I'm guilty of it too with the e-commerce company I was part of. We were just Throwing stuff at yeah. the wall and was praying something would stick. Yep. And th- they have it now. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. But when when I was doing it for two years, well, you know, we I really felt like we struggled finding our footing.
0: Hmm. So so that is you know the biggest. Well, I'll just go. Yeah. Like like you just said, you you struggled to find your footing and you had to learn where that was. And that's what it really comes down to is the time that you invest early on probably won't be that successful. And because you're being self-directed in the action that you take, just call it self-directed learning. Like you have so much that you could learn Mm -hmm. and where what worked for me in the end was basically rigorous research so that I knew, you know, I realized that I'm good at running shops within the first client that I had. And I have spent all of the last three years which if you think about it, my last day with my accounting firm was June 9th, 2020. So again, we're right back to this yeah. yet tomorrow. Tomorrow, three years ago, is when my entrepreneurship started full-time. And and, and so that's huge that, that I've learned that much in a short amount of time about what it takes to run shops. And it has been just hours and hours and hours and hours of YouTube and reading and talking to other people and walking into shops all over the country and just shooting the shit with owners. That's what it's come down to, to be successful at what I do now and what I'm going to be doing soon. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's all we got for today. I hope this has given you another little window into entrepreneurship. There are pros and cons. There's pros and cons to both. I think a lot of people get really excited about having their own company, but it's not for everybody. There is a lot of failure. There's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of just sort of abject disappointment and frustration and difficulties. And it can come with benefits if you figure out how to earn those benefits. But on the flip side, you can accomplish a lot of the same things if you stay in a job. And I say stay in a job, but what it really is, is it's continuing to just make a contribution and be compensated with a similar value. That's all you're really doing, whether you have your own business or not. And so this was my uh, motivational message this morning, is that whatever you're doing for work, you should be happy that you have the opportunity to do that work because you you have the opportunity to create value. And values, when you create value, it's very satisfying to create value. It's really satisfying to do, uh, put in a hard day's work and see your results and be happy about it.
1: I think that's all we got today. All right. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's always, it's always great to, to put in the work and see that you've accomplished something. You know, yeah. And, f- and physically be able to see it. You know, it, it owning a business, you physically get to see it. You know, yeah. sometimes as a, as an employee, they don't share that info. Like did like you do something every day. Well, did I apply value to the business? You don't know. Mm-hmm. But as a as an entrepreneur, you get to see it, and it's really cool to to watch something grow. Yeah, yeah, and feel responsible for it. Yeah, it's also terrifying when you watch something not grow. <laughs> In there, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything else? Uh, yeah, uh, we are sponsored by We Are Driven, our motivational brand behind this this podcast. Um, we have a few different ways uh, you can help yourself uh, with motivation, your pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and your passion, whatever that may be. Uh, we have a free Discord server where Rune will uh, send a motivational message uh, bright and early in the morning, usually 4 a.m. for him. Sometimes he's late. Sometimes he's a couple minutes early. Just kind of depends on his mood for the day. <laughs>
0: Most of the time, I'm within 20 minutes. Of yeah,
1: four. yeah, he's pretty good at being on time. Uh, online, uh, you know, we're on Instagram. We have a uh, We Are Driven. Co is our website, not. Com. We're on YouTube uh, as We Are Driven. Um, I, I guess we're on LinkedIn now. Uh, we're on well uh, no, individually.
0: We're on LinkedIn.
1: Yeah, individual. We're on LinkedIn. Um, <clears throat> same thing with TikTok. Arun is. Is on his own with TikTok at the moment, but he's pushing the weird-driven content. Um, we have top-level coaching, accountability, uh, private Discord group called the Driven Network. It's a subscription-based network uh, where you know you can interact with other people with the same mindset, looking for the same things. Uh, if you have questions, problems, they can help you out. They do a weekly call where you, you know Rune will have some sort of uh, I don't know lecture. Yeah. I guess lecture is what, yeah. is what you'd call it. And then, you know, then after the lecture, you know, you'll talk amongst the members about your wins and losses and what you're doing well at, what you're not. Uh, so that's really cool. If you if you have questions about that, please reach out to Arun or I. Uh, and then also, uh, you know, you can represent your drive. You can wear our apparel. Our the you can wear our apparel. If I could speak, um, they uh, we have t shirts, hats. Um, I hopefully Arun comes out with some warm weather gear before winter. I'd love a sweatshirt
0: got six months or so yeah got six months to go Uh, they're
1: really nice Uh, I have three shirts myself and uh, I think only one of them is about at the end of its life Um, probably the oldest one by like a
0: whole 12 months over the other ones
1: yeah Yeah. Um, (laughs) but yeah Arun what are your socials Where, where can people find you
0: people can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Arun D Kumar and on Facebook and LinkedIn at Arun Kumar, without the D.
1: Alrighty, and I am, uh, I'm Dan Larue on Facebook and LinkedIn. I'm Dan underscore Larue on Instagram and D Larue ninety five on TikTok. Enjoy the wall of nothingness there.
0: and We can only hope that everything that we just said you remember, yeah, and act on. But if you've listened this far, we've really much appreciated. It. We hope you got something out of understanding the differences between entrepreneurship and a job. And until next time, this has been Arun and Dan. We appreciate you listening. Stay driven.